And hello, welcome to episode 89 of the Worldwide Chelsea podcast. It's your, it's your, it's your host, Matt, back again. Um, unfortunately, not for positive game. Um, we've been away for a few games and they've all been positive. And the time we come back, it's for a loss. Um, that wasn't meant, but well, here it is. So let's get into it. Um, we've got two wonderful guests starting off with the co-host Jesters. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, like I said before, it's it's great to wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning and uh, watch your team lose. You know, that's that's the way you want to start off your Saturday. And so for me, I all day, all weekend, rest of my weekend is like, okay, it's over with now. So uh, let's go back to work on, you know, let's let's skip the Monday and go back to work. So it's just it's disappointing. Uh, but what's more disappointing is the reaction from this fan base. I mean, truly, some some of them really need to fix up. I mean, I understand everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but it's just it's just horrible. I mean, the toxicity is just it it, it is what it is. I guess I shouldn't expect anything more than than that. But uh, yeah, we you know we move. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we will get into all that in a little bit. Um, welcome to his debut on the podcast uh, from the World Wide Health Streams. It is KJ down from South Africa. How are you doing, my friend? Obviously, not a great debut to be on, but uh, happy to have you on. And, uh, happy to be here, first time, but, you know, unhappy to talk about Chelsea. Um, it's just one of those things, man. Uh, weekend is pretty much spoiled. There's there's not a lot of positives, if, if any, to take away. Uh, it's just, yeah, one of those things. I'm going to wake up tomorrow, get bullied at church, you know, like you do, and live the rest of my life knowing that this team is just embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it was completely embarrassing. I mean, before we get into all of it, I'll go down the little stats breakdown for all you stat lovers out there that love our little stat breakdown. So, obviously, it was 1-0 to Manchester City. Chelsea um, had a total of 44% possession compared to Man City's 56 Chelsea had four shots with one on target compared to a City's 11 with six on target. Um, we had one, both teams had one big chance missed uh, between them. Um, in terms of passes, City had 576 compared to um, Chelsea's five, uh, 454 um, with 85% success rate for Chelsea and 86% for City. Um, successful dribbles, seven out of 10 for Chelsea. Six out of uh, sixteen out of twenty-five for City. Um, tackles twenty-two for Chelsea compared to City's nine. Um, kind of shows what it was—a defensive performance from Chelsea, which was pretty good, but generally not a good performance. And City deserved the result, didn't it, Jesters? Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, as I want to st- start on the positive. It'd probably be the only positive note. As as bad as we played, City only scored one goal against us, and they only and it came from a, a un- unexpected shot. You know, Kevin De Bruyne. What what a surprise, right? You know, if one somebody was going to score against us in that game, it was going to be him. Uh, but it took that for them to even score against us. So, on the positive side. You can say we played bad, we were awful, we were 
uninspired, whatever adjectives you want to use. Uh, but they only scored one goal in their home, uh, and we were missing two of our better players, um, or more most necessary players, I should say, in Chilwell and James. So uh, there's a positive uh, to start out of. Yeah, I mean, there are a number, a few positives. I will I'll, I'll try throughout the pod to get in some of the positives. Um, we'll start with some of the negatives, and then we'll go into the positives, fill it in the middle, and then carry on with the negatives after, just so we have a little bit of both. Um, but yeah, um, starting with you, KJ, um, quite simply, what went wrong in this game? And this is, this is a tough one, um, because we played the way we usually do, and we've seen the past few games, it's, it's, it's given us results, it's brought a little bit of momentum. Um, so going into this game, I was a bit hopeful. So it's kind of hard to to pick and choose what went wrong. But I think the most obvious one was the dramatic change in the front three. I, I think we should have stuck with... I actually think we should have stuck with our Champions League front three, if I'm being honest. Um, I think there's a little bit more of uh, dynamism when it comes to those three. Um I, I think just the, the change in that don't it's like the saying goes don't fix what's broke I think we should have stuck to that and should have just gone in our game plan but it's it's just hard when when Pip is a manager that learns from his mistakes so even in going with that run three there's no way Pip would have never prepared for that um, so I don't know it's, it's it's hard man yeah I feel like when we did play City the thing is we did change our front three up quite a bit so it wasn't like we always had the same three. We always kept Pep guessing. So I, I suppose that's what Tuchel's tried to do again. Because I suppose if you think about it, a Pulisic, Ziyech and Lukaku front three, I don't think we've ever seen them three together on the same pitch, have we? No, no. First time. Yeah, so it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a strange one. I mean, there's a lot of problems, I think, on this pitch um, and not, for me, again, why I'm asking you guys this question, I don't think I can pick one particular problem. Um, so, Jesters, I'll go to you. In your opinion, what was wrong? What went wrong in this match? Uh, very simply, the transition from defense to offense. Uh, I said this on Sadiq's stream, and and nobody picked it up or wanted to pick it up. We had 300 touches in our midfield four. 300 touches. Our starting front three had 70. 70 touches. What happened the other 230 times? It didn't go to the front three. So then you have to look at why didn't it go to the front three? Well, were the runs not being made? Or were the runs being made not seen? Were, they, were, were there no passes forward? Um, or is it just the def- deficiency that we had on both wings in Aspilicueta and Alonso? I mean, all those things can be considered, but really our transition from our, our back three to our, our front three it was the problem in the game. And when you lose a special player like Ben Chilwell and Reese James, what do you expect? Your backups are never going to be that quality. But our backups... And and I, I understand why we didn't go for, for some of the, the wingbacks uh, because you, we didn't think Aspilicueta would drop off this quick. 
what he has. Um, and I think it was a 50-50 between Alonzo and Emerson. Whoever we couldn't sell was or, or loan out was going to stay. And um, unfortunately, that was Alonzo. Um, as bad as Emerson was, at least, at least he's a, a better forward player with the ball at his feet. And that's what we missed on, on, on the Y areas was, was uh, a player that could take on their man and beat them and open up space. We did that a couple of times in the midfield, the central midfield, but never on the wings. Yeah, I mean, you've both you've both made pretty good points, to be fair, on your specific problems. For me, I just think that generally the the, the whole team itself did not execute what Tuchel wanted them to do. Um, I make you right with the transitions. The, the, the wing-backs are a problem and have been a problem for a while. Um, not too much different from the games before. Um, but unfortunately, we played against better opponents. And I think I, I, will, I will make my point a bit later on. But is down to the board whether you want to say that it's because they haven't signed someone in January or they didn't do the business in the summer like they were supposed to um, when Tuchel asked for players but that we are in this situation now because of them um, I also think the midfield too um, Kovacic and Kante did not work um, despite all of us wanting it to happen so to people saying oh it's the wrong midfield too we all predicted it in this um, preview so it's not like it was a it was one that was unfavoured but I just didn't think it worked at all. I thought Kante had a really off game. Kovacic was not like Kovacic. I know KJ loves a bit of Kovacic, but <laughs> just wasn't on it today. Um, and as um, Jester said, all their touches in the midfield and none of them went, hardly any of the balls went forward. They went back. And if they did go forward, they didn't go to the forwards. They just went off the pitch or something like that. Um, and then, as you said, the forward three, KJ, were just horrible. Um and I, I will say all equally horrible because they were, I think you can compare ones a little bit shit, uh, better than the other, but all of them were quite terrible today. Um, there's no scapegoat uh, within any of them. Everyone's got their agendas today. Typical Chelsea fans on Twitter. But for me, you can't separate anyone out of the, any of the front seven away from each other because they were all just shit. Um, the, only pos- the only positives as we'll go through were the back three and the goalkeeper because, um, to be fair, they had good games, made good saves, made good tackles. And that's why, in the end of the day, we're talking about a 1-0 win for City rather than a 2-3 or 4-0 win for City. Um, but we'll go into the goal um, just now because, obviously, it's a good, nice little transition. Um, of course, as Jester said, it had to be Kevin De Bruyne. Um, a what For me... I, I got a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, Kepa makes a mistake again from a long shot. For me, I just think it's a wonderful shot from a wonderful player, a wonderful player that we shouldn't have let go in the first place. Um, Jesters, what did you think of the goal? Yeah, I, I, everybody said, well, Mindy would have had that. No, Mindy wouldn't have had that. He, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not a big Kepa fan. Because I think he's vertically challenged and he's got short arms, and I don't want that from my keeper. But he played fantastic today. You know, there was a, a one-on-one that he saved. I mean, that that, that shot was from—I want to say he was blocked by a defender, and it, you know, it just caught him off guard. You just have to say, "Well done" at that point. 
but we should have been one or two up by then if we took the 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 the, the slim chances we created were actually good chances they weren't bad so to say that Kepa was at fault you know i said on on his on Sadiq's stream that it, you can blame us if you're going to blame Kepa for for not saving that you might as well just blame Conte for not making the tackle because either way it, it it's dumb it's just sometimes a player does something that's better than the de- defense and you just have to live with it and move and, you know again it's just a better shot than it was a, a save but, uh, uh, a better play than than the defense could handle so you just t- tip your cap and say hey it's kevin de bruyne you know one of the best in the world so you know we move but uh you know everybody wants to blame that the, the guy in the goal so whatever yeah i mean it's not, I, it's, not, I, it's, it's not the worst agenda i've heard today yeah i mean i, f- I find it's just I've heard a lot of people say, uh, talking about Kepa over AFCON. I think it's a lot of people before Ke- Mendy left said, oh, we're going to be fine without Kepa. And I think it's just people jumping on that and saying, well, you guys said this and then look what he's done. Um, I don't I, I, don't think there's any fault in Kepa at all. I mean, I understand Sadiq's point that he shifted to the right just before he took the shot. But even if he didn't do that shift to the right, you still weren't saving that shot. And I don't think Mendy would have saved that shot either. Um, and I, I do make it right. I'd actually, if if you were to choose a player to be at fault, I think Kante should have. Kante could have easily brought Kevin De Bruyne down um, and took a yellow card. And that's a lot. That's what a lot of midfielders do. Unfortunately, maybe Kante's just a bit too nice for that and didn't do that. But yeah, it was a wonderful goal when it was struck. Uh, I heard someone. I heard. I can't remember who it was on the stream said that Silver was at fault, and I just I, I laughed because that's crazy. Because what do you want him to do? Um, Absolutely mental um, to say that. Um, KJ, what did you think of the goal? Did you think anyone was at fault or was it just a wonderful goal by a wonderful player? Uh, it's a combination of both. Um, first of all, that was just that was a brilliant goal. The technique was near perfect to bend the ball around the six foot one keeper. Not a lot of midfielders or attackers can do that. So, I mean, you, you have to give credit where credit is due. The technique was flawless. Not, not many keepers are saving that. Not even Mendy. And I actually tweeted, but out of fear of my life, I deleted it because, um, yeah, our fan base just can't seem to <laughs> accept facts. Um, but uh, Kante should be doing better. Let's be realistic. He had more than, what, five, six, seven, eight seconds um, against KDB to bring him down. You know, even even though, yes, he, he's a nice player. I mean, a part of you should still say to yourself, this is for the team. There's a possibility this person should score. You know, get the tactical foul. Um, Kovacic did that with, um, I forgot who. Uh, um, did with someone, I forgot. Um, how he got his first yellow card. Um, but that's what you need to do in spaces where you know that this could be a problem. Just bring him down, get the yellow card, move on. And yeah, that's why I say it's a combination of both. Um, but yeah, no one is saving that, man. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the thing is about Kante bringing him down as well. It's not like it's a player that, such as a, a, a can say it was on the other side. Say it was a Cante or say it was a Jorginho. You're not expecting them to take a, a long shot like that and put in a banger. But it's Kevin De Bruyne. We know he can do this, and he can do this quite easily. Yeah. Um, so it's the fact that it was a dangerous player uh, in terms of a long shot. And you and I know I'm not going to blame. I'm not blaming Kepa, but you also know Kepa's not exactly the best with long shots. 
So I think the in terms of just protecting Kepa like that, it might have been nice to have. Because it, again, it weren't like it was at the beginning of the game where someone like Alonso can't afford to take a yellow card. It's towards the it's it's halfway through the second half. You can afford to take a yellow card for the team, and I I I, I don't, if I'm honest, I don't think City would have scored apart from that because they didn't. Um, even though we were more open after the goal um, because we were trying to get some sort of result, and it, again, with City as 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 bad as we were in the front seven, the back three was solid, and we weren't they weren't getting in our box. They didn't really give us many chances. Uh, the only couple we did, Kepper made some good saves with when when he was given the chance to. Um, and as I said, over a, if you think about it, over a period of 180, 180 minutes, the City have played us. Their only goals have been a deflection and a wonder goal. So it's proved over a period of 180 minutes, as bad as we've been, we've defended well enough to stop City, who score an average of two, three goals a game. We've put them down to what wonderful wonder goals and fluky goals. So obviously you do make your own luck, but it's it's a fact that we have narrowed them down to the bare minimum. And Tuchel said that we. We narrowed them down in terms of chances to a draw, but and we, we probably deserved the draw from that point. But unfortunately, the rest of the pitch was just dreadful. Um, I remember Tuchel said back in the first game, he said about how the last 20 metres of the pitch were good and the first 80 metres of the pitch were bad. Or well, I'd say maybe the first 40 metres of the pitch were good this time, but the, the, the 60 metres after were absolutely terrible again, um, which is a big L on our attacking seven. Um, but we'll go into the positives now because we've had a little bit of a moan and then we'll go in a bit of a moan after. But we'll we'll sprinkle some positivity on this podcast because we don't like to be all negative. Um, the only people I can talk about being positive is Kepa, Saar, Silva and Rudiger. Um, KJ, what did you think of their performances? I think um, I'll start with Saw. Um, I, I just think he's really showing um, what uh, Christensen showed in the beginning, um, a player that has so much potential um, in his position. You know, um, he's got all the right, um, I don't like using this word, <laughs> minerals. Um, and he just, he's just showing what it takes to be um, a, gr- a good centre-back. Um, I asked the question, you know, could he make a great um, left wing-back? And I think in time he could. Um, he's, he's got the pace about him. I think he, if he works on his attacking part of his game, uh, I know in, in this game it, it didn't really show as much because he had to do more de- uh, defensive covering for that donkey Alonso, but I'll get into that later. Um, but overall, man, I, I just think um, judging him harshly on this type of game uh, would be unfair, but I think he, he's really stepping up to the plate. And just delivering. Uh, Silva, I mean, what, what do you expect from now? I, I honestly think he's the best centre-back in the league. Um, bar none. I, I, I don't see anyone better than him. He always just, he knows the assignments. He always does what he needs to do. Great defensive covering again. Um, Rudiger didn't even need um, to be covered as much. Um, he was just putting um, Sterling in a spliff. Every single time Sterling made an attempt on goal, Rudiger was there. It was just becoming ridiculous at this point. Um, I think Aspi has has to be so thankful for the fact that um, Rudiger was there on the right side. Um, yeah, I mean, in my eyes, uh, I, I would say, yeah, our back three and 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 Kepa were honestly the standout performers. Um, 
but yeah, I, I wanted to get into to Kovacic uh, and Kante, but we'll get into that <laughs> a little later. But yeah, I, in terms of those players, I think um, they they did well considering the circumstances and just how ridiculously good um, City on the press. I think they they did what they could. Yeah, definitely. I think they they for me did a good job. I, I would all give them a positive rating when it does come to the player ratings because I think they. They were up to what you would call Chelsea standard. Um, and even for Saar, what I'm most impressed with Saar is halfway through the season, I was, just before Christmas, I was kind of saying, this guy is just a business business deal. He's, we got him on a free um, he'll, and we'll look to sell him on for a small fee, but it'll be a profit because we didn't pay anything for him. Um, but at the moment, he's really stepped up to the plate and you can always do what you 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 can only do what's best, and he is doing that at the moment. I do think my issue with Saar is if we do transition to a back four, I do think he's... I'm unsure of where he will start to play because he's... I know height's not everything, but I don't think he's very good aerially, um, and his height doesn't help him with that. Um, as we saw in the Chesterfield game, every time he had a long ball, he was struggling with it. So I don't think he could play in a back two, in, well, in a centre-back pairing. Um, so much in the back four so then it would be is he good enough as a left back and he has played left back um, he's okay I've, I, I don't think he's as good as a left back but we we can see how he develops there and I don't know how good he'll be as a wing back but again because he's never played there but that can be something too cool we'll probably have to try because obviously we're referring we're, we're bringing in average players to well, very average players that can't even play in the Brazil league uh consistently um to come in and play back up so if, if if that player can have a go then yeah Saar can have a go um Jesters what did you think of each of the back four as I'll call them yeah um I thought they were they were the best part of the team uh I always find myself when the ball comes down Saar's side going okay don't be rash don't be rash because he has a tendency to want to Stick a leg out. You you just you just see him thinking. Uh, I stick stick the leg out. Don't stick the leg out. Stick the leg out. And so yeah, I, and that's that comes with not playing a lot, and uh, you know being young and uh, probably not as developed as he should be at this point because of where he was playing. Um, but other than that, I thought they were fantastic. Um, best part of the team um, for me uh, Saar in a back back four plays left back doesn't play at center back um, which which is fine if you're not asking him to be too offensive from the left back position because that really means you out of possession you play with a back three right and the, and one of the the, the left sided uh, winger becomes almost like a wing back or, or midfielder you could say plays more like a wing back uh in defense but yeah there's not really they didn't put really put a foot wrong like i said the goal was a good strike and it was just a better play than the de- defense was at that time but you can't say they they were bad at that point it was uh it was just one of those things you take your hat off to kevin and say eh, okay fair play yeah, I mean, I, I'm just remembering now you speaking about Saul and his um, 
a bit of rashness. I, I, I'm just now remembering that tackle that he did um, that some idiots were saying was a penalty. Um, but, and it, all, all it reminded me is prime Kurt Zuma back before his injury when he was making tackles like that for fun. I looked at that and I, I do love, as a centre-back, I do love a proper tackle like that. Um, got the ball, nice and strong, hard, good slide tackle, um, in the box, obviously in a dangerous area because, you know, typical Alonso, being Alonso, um, I'm not going to say he had a bad game because it's just, a, I'd say he had an Alonso game, usual, uh, his usual self. Um, but yeah, I think Saar played really good. Um, Thiago Silva, what what more can you say? I, I heard people on TalkSport saying, oh, uh, Ruben, da- Ruben Diaz is the best centre-back in the Premier League. I'm sorry, no. Thiago Silva is by far the best centre-back in the league. No one can talk to me about Van Dijk. No one can talk to me about Ruben Diaz. No one's done it like Silva has. The longevity of Thiago Silva and to do it at the age of 37 is unbelievable. He is the best centre-back in the league and I don't want to have that from anyone. Um, and then, yeah, Rudiger is just Rudiger. Um, doing fantastic. Needs to sign the contract quickly um, because that is, if he goes another one of the board's many faults but we'll, we'll get into that later on um but obviously that is the end of kind of the positives and we'll go into the next part of the pitch which was which was the wing backs in the midfield um Jess, as i'll start with you what did you think overall about their performances and what what do you obviously you mentioned about the touches what did you think went wrong with them um do you think tactically there could have been anything done differently Uh, no, tactically, they were set up correctly. Um, and it was actually the, the the midfield four that I chose. It was the back three I chose. Uh, it wasn't the front three I chose, but uh, we can get into that in a minute. Uh, it, look, for those who are saying, oh, we, 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 it showed we missed Jorginho. Jorginho would have been just absolutely run over in that midfield in that game. Um, he, he doesn't have the physicality or the pace to play out-of-possession football. And we were playing out-of-possession football. We weren't dominating possession. And Jorginho, that makes Jorginho into a de- defensive midfielder, which he's not. It makes him actually play as a six, which means hunt people down, make tackles, you know, be in the right uh, spaces, you know, control the space, you know, close spaces down. That's not what he does. So I don't have a problem with who played. The options, that's the options we had in, in that formation with the players that are out, with the players that we don't have, which, you know, it's not even worth speaking about. Um, but, you know, we've just seen... Ask Laquette to get old this year. He's not the dude from last year, even. He's not the du- dude from that played for Spain in the Euros, even. Uh, so for for me, it's just one of those things that you know the, the the cupboard is bare. There's 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 no nothing good. So you you can keep the refrigerator doors open as long as you want. You're still not finding what you're looking for. You're just wasting electricity at that point. So I don't know what how many other uh, euphemisms I can use. They're just not good enough to play for Chelsea Football Club anymore. Uh, Aspilicueta, 
and Alonso, neither one of them are good enough to play for Chelsea Football Club. And we need to understand that and understand that right now that's the choices we have. And we're going to have to find a way to get uh, to work around it. So as much as I don't like a back four with our midfield, in some games we might need to go to a back four because uh, Aspie has looked better at a right back. And you can you can just say we're not going to attack from our backs. They're going to sit back. And we'll pay an actual back four and let the other six players go score. I don't know at this point. That's about all I got. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... I do agree with you. I think the wing-backs, I just think we these these wing-backs are not suitable for Tuchel. Simple as. I don't think Asby can play wing-back anymore because of his age. I agree with you. I don't think he's not... He's not been the same player for a while, and I think that's why he's now out of contract in the summer. I'd let him just go wherever he wants. He's played well over his period of time at Chelsea, and he deserves to go on his way out. And if he wants to sign for a Spanish club, Thank you for your service. You can go. That's fine. Um, Alonso is just not suited uh, to this team as well. Uh, Tuchel needs athletic wingbacks, and that is showing uh, in this team. It showed again today. Um, and then the midfield, again, you had a lot of people saying, oh, we should have been pressing City, but you can't press City like that. Um, and George, as you correctly said with Jorginho, we would have been... We've been hounded with Kovacic and Kante, and they couldn't deal with it. So what, what makes you think Jorginho would be able to handle it? Um, Jorginho would just be having circles run around him um, completely. Um, it was impossible to deal with the way City hounded you off the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think there was a lot of different things that were going wrong with the midfield. You correctly pointed out a lot of them. Um, KJ, what did you think went wrong with the wingbacks and the midfield? Uh, I mean, it's like you guys said. Um, first of all, these aren't athletic wingbacks. Um, they don't have the required pace, strength, speed, stamina, all of those things to 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 make a, a, a proper wingback, especially the wingback that Tuchel needs and the wingback that we need for this team. Um, we play with a lot of pace up front, and unfortunately, we're being handicapped. But mainly on. Um, the left-hand side. I don't know if you guys noticed, but for large pockets of the game, Kovacic and Kante were drifting to the left just to support the left-hand side. And that was frustrating to me. And I was actually surprised only a few people noticed the amount of covering work Kovacic had to do on the left, which kind of just left the middle exposed and then Kante had to pick up that slack. And then it just made it easy for Man City to transition for the right, which is why I'm thankful for Rudiger because... If he wasn't there, Lord knows what would have happened on that side with Aspilicueta. But um, yeah, I, I, it's 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 a sad thing to see. I I'm not as critical of Aspi because I know his work rate is bar none. Like I don't judge him um, that harshly, but he definitely can't play wing back, especially in this system. Um, leave him in a in a centre back position. Like I I trust him more there, but in a wing back role, he's just lacking that sort of presence you need, especially going in for attack um and just looking at the landscape now man if i was too sure i i consider implementing a, a hybrid three five four or at least a four two 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 um the same we played against spurs just in the long term or at least until we get james and show back because what we're playing right now is not sustainable i think we'll lose more points um playing the way we are 
And if we just implement that system, I think we'll see a lot more fluidity from the team. It needs to consider playing Havertz and Lukaku together as well, because when you have um, that system combined with the likes of um, Havertz supporting Lukaku, it kind of creates more chances for us to open up play up front and just exposes um, these teams we're playing. If we had, for example, if we had this team, um, the setup, I'm pretty sure we could have exposed Man City so much, especially because they were playing such a high line. There were moments in that game where we exposed their high line, like Cancelo couldn't do anything about it. It was almost embarrassing at some points. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I am worried. Uh, we need to kind of just look at the way we played against Tottenham and try to implement that system. Um, but, yeah, man, these, these, these two are done, man. They can't, they can't play the wing-back roles. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the wing-backs are very, especially in this back five, uh, back three formation, wing-backs are incredibly important to Tuchel. And the fact that both of our backups are just not suited at all to the position is a massive problem. Um, and it just it needs to be sorted because we can't go for, forward with this, especially with Chilwell now. Obviously, it's a big injury. So who knows how we will get back from this. Um, so we it may... People say, oh, he'll be back for next season. I don't think he'll start next season because it will take time for him to get back to match finish. And then it will take time for him to get back to his best. So we're not going to see a proper cheer world till the end of next year, realistically. Um, so we've got to be really careful with that. Um, and then you, as I said, the midfield. I think you had a lot of people ask saying about the press. I think the way we saw, we did the midfield today was was fine. It's just we didn't execute it in the way it should have. I thought Kovacic just had a, generally a poor game. Kante had a poor game. And Man City's midfield was absolutely phenomenal uh, in the way they put hounded in the press. So I think it was one of them things we just didn't execute what Tuchel wanted. Um, but going into the last part of the lineup, the front three, um, just as I'll start with you, obviously, I, that for me, that was that was what I predicted the lineup would be. Um purely because I didn't want Mount to play um, in terms of the fact that he's been ghosted in the last few games. So I kind of threw Ziyech in because I think he's played okay in some of the games, the previous games. Um, but that wasn't what I wanted to see. Uh, I didn't think they, they did their roles at all. Um, what what was your front three and what would you have changed? Oh, first of all, I just saw a wonder goal from uh, James Ward-Prowse from about 30. That's just Pretty usual dish. for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kepa would have had it, though. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> just that, uh, it, was, it was beautiful. I mean, the dude should be on the England squad just to do that in a game. Uh, but I digress. Um, look, I, the front three that I predicted, and, and this is based on the fact that I will not predict Pulisic to start in any lineup again the rest of the year. Uh, just won't do it. So uh, I predicted that it was going to be Havertz, Lukaku, and um, Werner. That's what I wanted to see. Uh, and I wanted to see Havertz play the false nine with Lukaku on the right and Werner on the left. Because he's Apparently, Lukaku is better in the right-hand channel as a striker than playing up front by himself. So that's what I've been told. That's where he plays for Belgium. So let's see. That's why I wanted to go that way. But 
going on to the front three as as uh, set up. I'm not a fan of Ziyech in the Premier League. I'm sorry. I just don't think that he has the pace, physicality, or or the playing style that is beneficial to what we do in, here in the Premier League or what we want to do as a team. Um, he's better as a wide winger with space. You're not going to get a lot of space in the Premier League. They're going to close you down. So, again, I just don't think that he's that guy and he's the prime. He's in his prime. He's 28 years old. He's supposed to be a leader on this team. He's supposed to be the guy that can adjust quicker because he, he, you know, he's in his prime. And I, I can forgive some of the younger players that haven't hit their prime yet, or or still have some development to do because, you know, that's they still have that ahead of them. He doesn't. He's as good as he's ever going to be. Same with Romelu Lukaku, bro. You're 100 million pounds. And you had a chance in the first half that was should have been shot, and you passed it to an offside man. And in the second half, you had a one-on-one with a keeper, and you couldn't make anything of it. Uh, Ziyech, you had a ball, a through ball to Lukaku, and I could have played a better through ball. So... Uh, if you if you want to be one of those people that wants to go say, well, it's all Pulisic's fault, but he's not the guy who fluff passes, fluff attempts. When you know he's only got completed a dribble, I think, out of our front three, or maybe even our entire team, the whole game. It was a uh, pretty peak. Uh, so I mean, fine if you want to blame Pulisic, that's just another reason why I want him sold this summer. Because then we don't have to worry about it. You can you can blame everybody else on the team, but uh, it it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I expect more from a, a hundred million pound striker. I expect more from a twenty eight year old who's as good as he's ever going to be. But you know what? Fair play. Let's blame the the twenty three year old American. And that's that's my feelings on it. So whatever you want to blame him for the way we played. That's fine. But as I said, he was probably our best starting attacker on the pitch. And that still wasn't that good because they didn't have very many chances. Like I said, 300 touches in the midfield, 70 touches for our starting three. Where did the other 230 go? Please, somebody explain that to me. I know some of it went to the two subs or the three subs, but not that many touches. So I, I need an explanation of, of what we were doing to get our attackers involved in good positions. And the answer was zero. So I give him a little bit of, uh, of leeway there because it's not like they were put, you know, multiple ch- – they weren't given multiple chances to shine. It was just the few that we were given, we fluffed. And that's why they were not good. Yeah, I agree. I think in terms of the fact that the front three we chose today just wasn't right. They didn't execute what they wanted. Um, but they uh, equally, they were all kind of on a very similar level of just crapness. Um, unfortunately, no agendas 
in any of them, people coming out saying, oh, Ziyech is by far the worst, Lukaku is by far the worst, Pulisic is by far the worst. All of them are near enough just as bad as each other. You could probably say Pulisic was, if you wanted to pick the better out of the three. But as you said, not very far better. Um, they were all terrible. Uh, all, none of them up to the job. Um, and it's just typical Chelsea in the front three. What can I say? Not surprised. Um, KJ, um, what did you think of the front three selection um, and the tactics? Did you th- What did you think could have improved? And what did you think of their performances? Uh, so, I mean, I, I predicted this exact front three. Um, I thought this was probably what Tuchel was going to go for. Uh, except for the fact that I, I kind of had run up front. Um, I just... I just don't trust Lukaku, especially in moments where you need players to be high-pressing and dynamic. You know, he's so slow when it just comes to the basics, trapping the ball, controlling it, then turning and sprinting on goal. I mean, there was there's a moment in the match that that exact same thing happened. And I, I, I just don't see how he fits in this, in, in, in this setup. I'm not saying he's a bad footballer. But like just as I said, for 100 million pounds, you should be doing better, and you especially should be doing better in front of, in front of goals. Um, he made all the right decisions, but ex- except for the um, um, when he passed the ball, he should have shot. Um, but finishing, man, that that should be second nature to any striker. You know, placements are so key, and when you get that wrong, it doesn't matter how good the setup was or how you controlled in front of goals. If the finishing is poor, that just cancels out everything, and. That's Lukaku at the moment, man. He he's not doing himself any favors. Um, the wing backs, uh, I agree again. I thought Pulisic um, was the best out of the three, um, but again, City forced us into a low block, and when that happens, you effectively neutralize the the front three. They're nowhere to be seen, and it's so hard for them to to make the decision of whether to come back and support or stay up front because in a, in those instances when you're playing. Uh, a team that presses high. You need an attacker up front, and all three of them would have benefited, but we couldn't retain the ball, and therefore it kind of just left the front three isolated. But in the moments when they did have the ball, Ziyech was probably the worst out of all of them. Um, I I just think, um, number one, his passing in the game was shocking um, to the point where it just made no sense anymore. I thought there were a few key passes that he that he should have done way way better that could have probably got us got him assist um he's 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 um uh link up play with lukaku was poor i don't think those two have a good understanding with each other but i think that's just because they haven't played as much together so they haven't built up chemistry and you could argue that's the same point for um for uh for pulisic and why people are saying he was bad um at the end of the day he has no chemistry with the front three, he doesn't even have chemistry with the midfield because in that role and that right, whether it be right wing or left um, left wing, he has not played with those players. So therefore, he has not built chemistry with any of them. It doesn't matter how good you are as a footballer. If you have no chemistry with the players in and around you, obviously, you're not going to do the job that's required for you to do, you know, and some players adapt faster than others. But with Pulisic, you can see his, his quality and his character. Um, if anything, he probably led most of our attacks it was just unfortunate that he just couldn't get into good pockets where he could distribute the ball and that's just credit to man city they neutralized every pocket of space we could have we had um you know as soon as we got the board they did their best to um regain position that's just them 
you know, so I, I can't really fault him. But um, Lukaku and Zietman, um, yeah, I mean, I've been tweeting since the start of the season, we need to get Ziyech out. I'm not a fan of his. I, he's had a poor season. And anyone that says that he has the potential to be the best attacker in this team is wrong. I think he's overrated. And I think people you need to stop protecting him as much. You need to call it for what he is. And he's not good enough. Um, I wouldn't lose sleep if we sold him, uh, to be honest. Same with Lukaku. I, I wouldn't lose sleep if we sold, if we sold both of them. Um, but yeah, the front view was definitely wrong. I would have definitely had habits up front, um, or, or Werner, d- despite what people say. Um, I would have started with Mount as well, you know, um, whether it be on the right or as, as an eight, as a 10, it doesn't matter. I think he, uh, Tuchel got the front three more especially wrong. I think he chose a good balance from defense to midfield, but the front three, um, he definitely got it wrong. I don't think those those three, especially when you're playing against City, you need a front three or an attacking system that understands each other. They didn't understand each other clearly, so it just it backfired against Tuchel. Man, I, I see, I saw what he was trying to do with high pressing dynamic um, attackers, but it just it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I understood that when he when he explained it that in the pre-match um, interview, um, I, I understood why. He left the players out and what he was trying to do, but I agree. I, I just don't think it really worked to how we wanted it to, and it was probably one of the biggest detriments to the team. Um, which we'll kind of go on to that quickly now. Um, obviously, people talking about Tuchel's tactics. I get this saying every time on Twitter, you get all these Chelsea fans that go, oh, I'll back Tuchel no matter what. Tuchel back him to the end, and normally that's obviously referring to the transfer window. But why is it every time we do have a starting lineup, these same people will criticise Tuchel for the starting lineup? Isn't that just going against the exact point they've just made? Um, but what what did you just as first of all start with you? What what did you think of Tuchel's lineup overall and tactics? Were they wrong, or do you think they were the right way to go to try and break the City team down? Well, I I, I think he's handicapped a lot. What what's the other choice at wing back? Uh, Unless we're playing uh, wingers there, uh, which makes us much more open than um, than maybe we want to be. So what, what's actually what's actually the solution there? I think he played who we who we could play. We had no other defenders on the bench, by the way. I don't believe so. We can in, in defense and in the midfield. Unless you you say okay, you could play Jorginho there, but. For me, I thought the play, you know, the, the the back seven were what I thought he should have picked. My my concern was how he he start, you know, the front three. I think were wrong. I'm fine with Pulisic because he can give you, uh, you get him the ball in the box, which we never did, and there's more than likely he's he's going to at least put it on target where the, the keeper has to make a save. Um, but, and I'm fine with Lukaku because he's a hundred million pound striker. I expect him to be on the pitch in these games, whether he's on form or not. You paid the man a hundred million, you paid a hundred million pounds for him. If you can't do him in this game, if you can't do it in these big games, I, I don't know why you paid a hundred million pounds for him. If I'm yeah. being, if I'm being to- totally honest. And, uh, so I would have played Havertz as the false nine. 
Rom in the right channel. And I told you I don't put Pulisic in my starting lineups anymore. So I said, uh, I said Werner, which again, either one of them can make those runs that most of our other players won't. Uh, so that's why I think those two are interchangeable. Yeah, that's fair uh, enough. Yeah, that's Tuchel did what he could do. He he put us in a his tactics were right to get us to win. We didn't execute on his tactics and his formation. Yeah, fair enough. Um, KJ, what did you think overall of Tuchel's tactics and lineup? Did you think it was right, or do you think there's something you could have done differently to get the result? Um, I, I, I thought the tactics were right. Um, like I said, I, I could see exactly what he was trying to do. Um, the only option or the only um, thing I would change is um, the whole Lukaku situation up front. I think if you wanted to, if you wanted a good pressing player to work with our left and right wing, I would have put Werner. Um, just because at least in those moments where we do regain position and we are on the counter, um, Werner just has a bit more pace on him, uh, which will give him more time to at least think of where to place the ball um, in front of goals. So that's that's probably the only thing I'll change. But look, man, people are always going to get upset when they when they don't see their favorite start. Um, it is what it is. That's the problem with um, our fan base. We kind of flip flop on that. Um, but yeah, man, I Tuchel did what he could do. Um, there's too many inju- injuries. There's too many illnesses. There's, there's too many everything. Um, you kind of just have to look at the landscape. And I think he picked the best or the strongest possible 11 he could have picked in that circumstance. Um, so I'm not going to put him at fault. Um, but yeah, like, like Jess said, they just didn't execute the plan. We never prepared to play in a, any sort of low block situation. Um, and Man City forced us into one. And that's just the onus is on the players. You know, it was, it was down to them. Um so yeah, I'm not going to blame Tuchel. Um, we need to just look at the players, man. They just they could not execute the plan. Yeah, that's true. I think it's it's one of the things that Tuchel sets us up to do something, and then these players just don't seem to be able to do what they're supposed to do. And it's uh, for me, it's just frustrating. Um, and um, as Jess said, I think you, or one of you said um, about you wouldn't be unhappy if Ziyech, um goes i mean if i'm honest i, I wouldn't be unhappy if ziesh went i wouldn't un- be unhappy if Werner went i wouldn't be unhappy if callum went i wouldn't be unhappy if most of these players went because i'm just done with most of them if i'm honest i don't really see anything in most of them uh, i just see it as a massive waste of money um which we'll kind of get into now uh going into basically this transfer window uh to some would say transfer shambles and this board. Um, obviously, we are going into a game which is very important, um, very big game against a very big team, and the board have given zero um, pl- uh, wing-back replacements for Tuchel, despite knowing for a long period of time that at least one of the wing-backs, starting wing-backs, will be injured for a long period of the season. Um and currently, our options are recall Emerson, recall Kennedy, recall Matson, recall Dojon Sterling to a point before that was quickly um, decided against. And the only real sign in we're looking at is 
Sergino Dest, um, which I'm sure Jesses will be happy to have another American in the team. Um, but KJ, starting with you, what what do you think of how the board has reacted to this transfer window? For me, I always think no one no one fa- uh, pla- plans to fail. It's a failure to plan. It, uh, it's it's a failure. It's, it's failing to plan. Um, and I think, do you think that's right with what I'm saying with this board? Definitely. Um, if anything, the, the board really don't really think about what works best for the squad. And that's just down to the relationship uh, Marina has with the coach. There's no relationship. It's, it's more on um, the board thinking, well, which is the best prospect in Europe, um, which will provide the most business for Chelsea, the most notoriety, um, and just all those business-minded things. And that's the problem we're facing right now. Um, Michael had it right where at least he had a relationship with every coach that came into Chelsea. Um, and it showed with the teams that um, 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 Mourinho was building, um, you know, for example. Um, the board has, has it all wrong, man. The, the power when it comes to just scouting players, um, especially young prospects, needs to go back to the coach and his team. Um, the more the board have their foot on have a foothold on just who we scouting in general, the more it's going to cripple us in the wrong run. Because if we keep on signing these big name players, no big name player is going to want to play for us in the long run. Um, we're talking about, you know, um, or Chelsea fans are talking about, you know, let's bring in Haaland and all those players. Do you think Haaland's going to look at this team and think, I want to play here when we're killing good attackers constantly? It's not going to happen. Um, so the power just needs to go back to, to Tuchel and his coaching staff, man. We need to, we need to bring in a proper director of football, someone that can just at least tell Marina to shut up <laughs> once um, and let him do the work, him or her, whoever. Um, but yeah, man, it, the, the, the structure is all wrong. The relationship is all wrong. Um, I think the board just need to do what they do best, and that is pump money into the club and bring in sponsors and just leave football to the players that know what they're doing or the people that know what they're doing. Because it's a shambles at the moment, man, the disconnect we have right now is is just it's it's almost hard to believe and it's a reflection of just our squad our squad on paper it makes sense but in a practical sense it it doesn't um i think we're looking at more of the individual rather than how a player can impact certain players around and that's crippling us at at the moment and um so yeah man it's 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 sad to see but uh, i i'm part of the marina camp um, I was resisting for a long time. Um, that's just because of the success um, that she she did bring in a short spell. But um, yeah, man, I think it's time for her to go, man. We need a director of football. We need to bring back Michael, man. Someone needs to make a banner, take it to Stamford Bridge, hang it there, just Michael's face and next to it, Black Lives Matter, man. <laughs> oh, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I would gladly get a banner that says bring back Michael, but Obviously, I, I only I only go to the bridge once every five years, so probably won't come back. Probably won't. I'll probably won't be back for a while. But there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad finally someone else is in the uh, Marina out camp. Um, I've been saying it for a while, very quietly, but not consistently, because every time I do say it, I get completely hounded on Twitter, saying you're not a proper Chelsea fan. Blah blah blah. You know, proper Chelsea stuff. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but now I, I just, I'm just, I don't care because I, I feel like I just need to consistently put this out because this board is not good enough. 
the the recent windows have been a shambles. Uh, I think there will be a pod where we'll get into that a little bit more and analyse all of the signings under Marina and just show how average and poor they have been um, in general. Um, but yeah, I do agree. I think the ways we built teams before under Ancelotti, under Mourinho, part one and part two, um, they were just so much better to do and they made more sense. Now it just feels like we're just trying random players that look good um, and you said that they get into the team and no surprise, can't play with each other, which as you can see sums up what we've been saying for months and months, but no one seems to connect that with, oh, the board's not doing a good job, but there you go. Uh, maybe it's because we do, uh, we get green figures in the uh, net zero, uh, net 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 wage or net, net transfer, whatever it is, um, that rubbish, because, um, you know, football's a business to people nowadays, um, which, yes, it has to be in a way, but not to the extent that we, we big it up as. Um, Jesters, I'll come to you. What, what do you think about this general window, um, how the board has done it, and just the board in general. Yeah, I guess I'm going to be the outlier here. Uh, I don't think that most people who want Marina out know exactly what her job is. And her job is not to scout and pick the players. Not her job. Her job is contract negotiation. So now we need to come down to, well, whose job is it to to liaise with the with the manager and go through players that we want to bring in. Well, I thought that was Petter Check. I thought that was Petter's job. Any the director of football? No technical te- director. Te- what see this 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 is the thing that people always get wrong. So I in with me, I'm not just Marina out. I'm most of the board members that are on there out but um so the main scout in terms of the person that talks to Tuchel and does all this kind of football stuff is Scott McCluckin I completely hashed that second name because you know Scottish names are just hard to do but there you go um he does most of the scouting provides a scout and reports to Tuchel Petacek is very much the typical PR board member he doesn't really do too much he's kind of before he's his role is more helping Tuchel with the, or specifically Lampard as well, more with the analysis on the pitch, um, how the how technically everyone's doing, and more as well the lone players such as Brozier, people out. So he'll watch them do like <laughs> tactical stuff on them and kind of work with Tuchel at that. But in terms of transfers, obviously he gets a say in some in some part, as we've seen with Mendy. Um, he does get a saying it but doesn't he's not as big a role as everyone makes out to be um i can't remember what that that they they, i remember when they announced it the net the role it was it seemed like they made a new role for him just to put into the board um and it very it very feels much more like a a junior kind of role if you get what i mean because you've got more of the senior old school members the bruce bucks the marinas the scott mccracken um, and then you've got like Petacek, who's kind of like a junior member who gets a say, but doesn't really have a big job, if you get what I mean. Which right, I kind of understand okay. in a way because he's he's going into a new job and learning on the job. Um, but I think he should get more of a say, if anything, because I don't think he gets enough of a say compared to the others. I think the three big dogs in Buck, Marina and Scott 
get more of a say than um, Pat Jack. But go ahead, as I said, continue with what you were saying. Yeah, I, I just, for me, um, I, I have, I take a longer view of, of what the board's done this January because it, obviously that's what we're talking about. You can't go back to the past and change things, right? So it's kind of, it's kind of a moot point to complain about something they've done in the past because you can't change the past. Nobody has a time machine and nobody can go back and go, hey, don't, don't sign Lukaku this summer. He's going to be crap. I'm from the future. I know this. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to talk about past signings because there's not a damn thing we can do about it. Um, as far as January, I, I really think the board has sat, sat down with Tuchel or, there, or somebody from the board has sat down with Tuchel and said, look, we have a choice here. We can either bring in some players at left wing back and right wing back um, on a permanent. It's going to cost us money, which is going to take away from your summer signings. And next year, they might not even fit what you're doing. So it's your choice, or at least he had somewhat of a say if it was not completely 100% his choice. Um, whether or not to go out into the market and sign somebody on a permanent. The only way you're going to get a decent player is to sign them on a permanent the players you're going to get on loan there are reason there there's reasons they're available on loan even Sergio Dest there's a reason he's a he's he's available for loan because Barca don't you know Xavi doesn't rate him he's not a he's not a fullback he's a he's more of a wing back uh, he started his career as a winger and was moved into the fullback position at Ajax and so he's basically what we you know, he would, for us, be a winger playing wing back with probably a little bit more defensive uh, uh, CV than than Pulisic or Cho playing there. He's better than them on defense. And the same thing with the, on the other side with Kennedy. He's more of a left midfielder than a left wing back. But Tuchel's going to take defensive liabilities in those positions if they can play with the ball at their feet and be used to transition from defense to offense. Like we, you know, when Reese James and Chilwell is here, we can play through them. We can't with Aspie and Alonzo. We can if it's, we're talking about Kennedy and Dest. Kennedy is, is the decent player. I'm not saying I want him to stay at Chelsea and be part of the squad going forward. But if, if, if what we're doing is, keeping our powder dry for the summer to bring in actual players that Tuchel wants to integrate into the squad and his playing philosophy. And if that philosophy is going to back four, then there's no reason why you want to sign on a permanent. Somebody who can only play wing back and that cannot play fullback because we've had those players before. Alonzo can't play left back. It's too slow. Emerson's too defensive. He, he has too much defensive liabilities to play to play left back. So what the boards decided, and Tuchel must have been okay. At least I'm not saying he he likes it. At least he's okay with the fact that what we're gonna do is just put put Putty on a hole right now, 
or put tape over, you know, we're going to, we're just going to take duct tape it up for the rest of the season until we can get to the summer and to where actual good players are available to be signed at a reasonable rate. So we can build the squad that he actually wants to play with. That's my take with the board. I'm fine if they replace some of them. I just, for me, if you want to say board out, that's fine. But the moment you say Marina out, and even if this is not your intention, and I'm not saying that it's KJ's or Matt's intention, but oh, everybody's going to always bring up the fact that, oh, why do you want the only woman out? Okay? So I caution you to be careful with that. You want to say board out, fine. But I don't think Marina's done such a bad job with with the signings. Um, I think she's she got her hands tied a little bit by the fact that the board has to approve all of her signings and has to approve the contracts that she negotiates. She can negotiate a contract as well as she wants to. If the board goes, no, we, you know, you you didn't come in in the figures we wanted you to. Then you have to renegotiate it. So that she's constrained as well. I think she does her job pretty well. Um, I would love to see more text, technical expertise on the board, football knowledge as it would be. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think we're missing some of that right now. But uh, yeah, I, I'm fine with Kennedy, or if it's and if it's Dest that comes in for the end of the season, uh, because I don't want to bring a permanent. Uh, position player in that's not going to fit the system next year it's just we're going to have one more player that's going to be deadwood that's my take yeah i mean i i i do agree i mean in terms of my point i do generally when i do my boards uh kind of out stuff it's normally all of them uh generally um not any particular one um obviously marina is kind of the one that everyone knows because uh, if I list, I'll list some of them, and then people go, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, exactly," because they don't do anything uh, useful. Um, but yeah, um, I do think there needs to be a change. Whether it might not, it might not be get them all out, but at least at the bare minimum, as you said, Jester, we need to get some football people on the board, some technical people, and I don't mean putting Petacek as a PR in a PR spin uh, as a junior role. Uh, I mean, an actual proper person. That's why I was excited last season when they were talking about Ragnick going to the board because that's a football person we need on the board to create a philosophy, create a style. At least that's the thing with when I, I keep going back to Emanalo. We had we when we made signings, we'd bring in players that suited a style, and we, we'd bring in a player that. You'd look at their individual brilliance, yes, but you'd also look at how are they going to fit in the team. Every time we buy a player, I feel there's no look of how do they fit into the team. It's more, oh, we'll put them in there, and then whoever the manager is, will. I'm sure they can figure it out, which puts a lot of pressure on Tuchel, what's unnecessary. Um, but then even then, with the for me, it's even with Marina's part with the negotiations, well, we've got three players out of contracts going on a free, which for one is bad business, um, especially Rudiger, because as we've seen now, with all, with, if you look at all of the kind of articles coming out of that, he doesn't want massive amounts of money um, in terms of staying at Chelsea. He, if, if, it's, it's at the point where 
the offers he wants to, go, to get away from Chelsea are a lot and that teams will want to go out because I don't think he actually wants to leave. He wants to, he would like to stay, but unfortunately Chelsea are messing about with him. Um, Christensen, I don't know what's going on with that, but you've also got Aspi on a bad contract. And it's the point of, we're not Arsenal. We don't run players down to free. We, 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 we shouldn't be doing this. And, and that, you could say, again, that could be solely laid on Marina's hands because she's the one that, as you said, does the negotiations in terms of transfers, obviously. Um, and then in terms of actual um, contract negotiations with the current players. And then you look again, you look at the Deadwood. They, they, they come out with the reason of, oh, we, we don't want to sign a left-back because we've already got five left-backs at, at the club. Well, four of them left-backs shouldn't even be at the club in the first place. You keep stockpiling Deadwood like there's no tomorrow. We could build a bonfire with the amount of Deadwood we've got. Um, so the problem is we need to get rid of this Deadwood. And even with the Emerson thing, people keep going, oh, well, Tuchel wants Emerson. No, that's just the board te- putting PR nonsense out that Tuchel wants Emerson. Tuchel wouldn't have wanted Emerson if he did. He wouldn't have put an option an, an option to buy on the loan. He would have just made it a loan and then he'd come back in the end of the next season and we'd see what we want to do with it. But the fact that he put an option is the fact that we actually didn't want him at the club in the first place. Um, and now, you because you put that option in, it messed up the whole Emerson thing anyway because that Leon like, hang on, well, we, want to, we might want to buy him at the end of the season and now you want to take him back. So that's the problem. And you've got all these left backs, like I heard someone say, "Oh, we should call back Babaraman." I'm like, "Are you serious? We're supposed to be fighting for a title. We're supposed to be fighting for a Champions League, and we want to bring back people like Babaraman, Kennedy, people like that." I understand January is not exactly a window where you can find lots of gems, but to put a great example out, Liverpool needed a left back uh, to back as a backup for Robertson, and they. Out of out of out of all the out of the green, they picked plucked out that uh, I can't I can't pronounce his name, the Greek left back, and he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been fantastic for them as a squad player. And and Simakas, Simakas, yeah, he's been great for them. So there is people you can buy. You just again you have to plan. And the problem is I don't think this board plans. They're very reactive and not proactive. Um, and I just don't I don't. In in a, in a summer that was supposed to be, we're going to back the ball. We're going to back Tuchel. He's won the Champions League. All you bought was a, all you bought was Romelu Lukaku and Lone Sal. And Romelu Lukaku, as we've now seen, isn't even committed. Isn't even that committed to the club. Didn't even want to be at the club. Um, so the board probably knew that when they were going through the negotiations that he didn't actually want to be here. Uh, or didn't actually want to leave Inter in the first place. So why would you spend £100 million on someone that doesn't want to be here in the first place? So I think if you can't back someone that's won the Champions League, how are you going to back them next summer? I just feel, I, 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 want to, I want to be positive about this summer and we're going to sign the DM that we've been waiting five years for. We're going to sign a load of centre-backs to replace all the free centre-backs that we're just going to ship off in the summer. But I, 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 honestly, I just don't see it. We might get one, we might get two. But I can just see us buying some Usman Dembele, um, that player that done a very stupid thing, um, which is why I would never let him at the club in the first place. Um, but you're just going to stockpile more dead wood by just getting opportunistic signings. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm personally not confident. As I said, I think there needs to be some sort of change on the board. Um, and obviously, just as I, I, I'm not, I'm not one of the people to go. Oh, you don't believe you, you believe in this board? How crazy you are! Like, I, I, I mean, if you, if you got, you made some good points um, about why, what, 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 what the board do are good. So it's fair, fair enough, and it's that's what I like this pod because we, we can have disagreements and opinions, but we don't go crazy about it like other certain channels uh, and certain Chelsea people on Twitter. But that is what's lovely uh, on this podcast, which we will kind of bring that to an end now. It's been an hour and 12 minutes for us and on this pod, and then it was an hour and 40 minutes on Sadiq's channel. So I think we've done enough speaking about this terrible game uh, and we all got lives to go to. So that is the end of the wonderful pod. Before we go, I just want to let you guys know, anyone that listens on Spotify, finally Spotify have now done a rating system open so you can rate the podcast from one star to five star. So please, whatever you think about the pod, uh, good or bad, I don't really care about the rating um, in terms of what rating it is. But if you can give us a rating out of five, that would be great um, because currently we only have one. So we might as well get at least a good number of ratings before we can judge of how the rating is so make sure you give us a good rating and if you want to give us some comments of how to improve dm any of us on twitter and we'll be trying to improve that for you um first of all i'd like to thank jesters thank you for coming on as usual oh thank you for having me sir um wish it could be under better circumstances but it it's, seems to be that way you know get to come back on after a while and talk about a defeat <laughs> yeah well hopefully but i enjoy it Hopefully we'll it. come on next time. I mean, we've got Tottenham next weekend, so we can't lose against Tottenham. So we should, we should fingers crossed. Hopefully, we're talking about a Tottenham win for a third time in a row. A, to- a Tottenham win or a, a, or Chelsea? Oh, win Chelsea win! Oh God, what a so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I got you though. I got you though. <laughs> oh, right. sorry. Chelsea win for a third time in a row. Oh God, imagine losing Tottenham three times in a row. Now that would be hitting rock bottom. But anyway, uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll be talking about it positively next time. Um, and KJ, it was a great debut. I'll definitely get you on again. Um, thank you for coming on, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's a sad thing. Couldn't talk about Kovacic. You know how much I love him. Uh, but it is what it is. There's plenty of games to come. I know I'm going to be raving about him come uh, Tottenham because, let's face it, it's Tottenham. But yeah, man, we take the loss. We move on. Yeah, I think it was typical that I, the one time Kovacic has a bad game and I bring you on. I think that was a bit mean from me, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you all for listening to this wonderful pod. Um, make sure you keep listening. Subscribe to us, Apple, Spotify. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at WWC Pod Articles. Um, it's Matt, Jesters and KJ. We're out.